Welcome to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Today we will hear from Pastor Fred Hewitt in the series Slaying the Giants. You may get a little uncomfortable as we talk about this. I've been a little uncomfortable in preparation. I think I began to realize why Pastor Dave asked me to deliver this message online. And he gets the good stuff like, uh, you know, worry and depression and drunkenness. And then next week he'll conclude it with uh, the series with a message on generational sin. These are all connected and we all deal with them. But especially this one. Jesus dealt head on with this issue of lust. And he expects you and me to do that as well. What is lust? Write this down. This is your first blank. Turn over on the back of your program. Find the pen in your seat. Take notes. You need to hear this. Write it down. What is lust? Lust is looking at someone with a desire to have sex with them. Looking at someone with a desire to have sex with them. Truthfully, it's one thing to look at, at someone... And I'll, I'll say this from a, from a guy's perspective. To, it's one thing to look at a woman and say, she, she's pretty, she's attractive. But it's another thing entirely to, to take another look, a second look, a lingering look. And then you begin to desire. And some of us guys are just, uh, just like animals because we begin to drool and our tongue hangs out. And we just make idiots of ourselves over this issue of lust. Let me tell you, it's a very important issue, and it's a huge giant, and Jesus had some of his strongest words dealing with this. And so take your Bible this morning and turn to the teaching of Jesus himself from Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 27. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. And it's okay around this place, if you don't know where that is, just look in the uh, table of contents of your Bible and find it. You'll want to hold your finger there. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. We were referred to it several times during this message. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. By the way, right out of the Ten Commandments. You shall not commit adultery. Then Jesus gave us a whole deeper understanding, and he said, But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman, he's talking to the men, talking to us guys, men, when you look at a woman to lust for her, you have already committed adultery with her in your heart. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will be with us right now in this moment as we tackle a difficult subject, a subject that is uncomfortable, a subject that that applies to each one of us, that every one of us here in this room deal with. And we have been impacted by this giant who's eating our lunch. Lord, I pray that you'll teach us your truth and that we will employ the truth from your word so that we can be free from this sin. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. It is a tough subject. And I want you to handle this in a sober way. But do me a favor today, will you? When when I tell a joke, even though this is a serious subject, when I tell a joke, will you do your best to laugh? I would really appreciate it. It'll just kind of keep it a little bit more lighthearted for us. And we will need that, actually, to...
get through this today. Well, here's your first blank. Write this down. The giant of lust, and we're looking at at slaying the giants in this series. The giant of lust threatens everyone. He threatens everyone. Everybody here today, you are being threatened right now by this giant. In fact, for many of us, he's kicking your tail. It was a big threat to King David. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, we see that King David, the guy who's been the, uh, the model for this series of slaying the giant, the giant of lust won with David. David lost. He slayed the giant of Goliath, but he lost to the giant of lust. When David was someplace he should not have been, he was at home. He was uh, taking it easy. He said, I've been going out with my troops every year for many years. This year, I've earned the right to take it a little easy. I'm going to kick back, prop my feet up, and be idle. My hands will have nothing to do. And men, every time that you're in that state, you will get in trouble with the giant of lust. That's where David was. So he goes out on his rooftop, maybe to uh, enjoy the, the, uh, the, the view of the stars. And he sees from his rooftop a lady across the way taking a bath. And I'm sure when he first saw that, he turned away. That's not wrong. That happens to all of us. But what David did was he returned to look at her some more. And he began to fall to this giant, the temptation of lust. And he looked at her and he began to desire her. He wanted her because he was the king. He sent his men over to her house and said, bring her to me in my chambers, in my bed. And he had sexual relationships with Bathsheba. He fell to the the giant of lust, committed adultery. She became pregnant. When he got word, he said, oh my, what am I going to do? I need to cover this up because I don't want anybody to know. He found out that her husband was one of his soldiers in his army. And he said, send him to the front line so he can be killed. You see, this sin that started with with a, a casual look became lust. It became adultery. It became shameful. And it led to murder on behalf of the man of God, King David, the guy that killed Goliath, had one of his own troops, one of his most faithful men sent to the front line so that he could be killed, so this sin could be covered up in his life. Well... I would like to tell you that's the end of the story. That's really the background of the story. I want to tell you that this, the consequences of David's fall, his defeat to the giant of lust, the consequences and the heartache followed him the rest of his life. The baby died, stillborn, but it affected all of the other children of David. And he had heartbreak after heartbreak for the rest of his life. King David was threatened by the giant of lust, and so are you. Look at me right now. Right now, look at me. You are threatened by this giant. Don't try to act like you're not. I'm threatened too. Nobody has this down. You think you've, you've got this handled you don't. Don't let your guard down. An unguarded strength 
is a double weakness. Don't ever think that you're not threatened. Make no mistake. This giant is the biggest, baddest, strongest, most aggressive giant in this entire series. And he is kicking your behind. He's winning. And we've got to find out what this is and learn about it so that he will no longer win. That's why we're dealing with it today. And can I tell you that this giant of lust, he doesn't just attack adults. He doesn't wait until you're an adult and come after you. He's coming after your children, mom and dad. You hear me? Granddad, he's coming after your grandchildren. Not only is he after you, but he's, he's coming after our kids. This is not just a, a, a threat from adults. He's coming after our kids. Everything our children see on TV, on the Internet, leads them to this temptation of lust. hand-delivered to your children like, like they're in a candy store. Their eyes begin to, to twinkle, and, and they just don't know how to deal with it. I mean, we don't know how to deal with it. How, how much more so our children? And can I tell you, if we do not figure out how to handle this, it will ruin your life. It will ruin your ability to have meaningful relationships with other people, men and women, with your family. It will rob you of the happiness that you so want so badly. It will rob you of happiness. It will rob you of fulfillment in life. And so in the Sermon on the Mount, in, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus makes the Ten Commandments very simple to understand. He addresses moral behavior and, and he says that lust begins in your heart. It doesn't wait until it uh, it happens with your hand. It begins right here in your heart, and we are all guilty. And then when it happens, it travels down a pathway that is slippery and very steep, and it ends in terrible, widespread, and lifelong consequences, as we saw with King David. This giant of lust threatens everyone, so we must be vigilant, vigilant in every day. You don't get a day off. It never rests, and so you and I cannot either. This giant of lust threatens everyone, but he also uses camo. Now, you don't want to miss this. If you're a hunter, you really need to tune in right here. This giant of lust uses camo to disguise the threat. In fact, he is a master of disguise. And every hunter who is here today understands the importance of camo. I want you to see this slide, and you'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about. All right? Yeah. Camo. You see, I could sneak up on that antelope. He couldn't see me. I was invisible to him because I had on camo underneath my orange. Every giant of lust uses camo. And here's the bait that he uses. The bait is this statement where he says, there's no harm in looking. You ever heard that? You ever said that? There is no harm in looking. Well, I'm here today at Elevation Church on this Sunday morning to tell you, yes, there is harm in looking. Well, what's wrong with that, Pastor Fred? I don't understand. I'm confused. Well, let me give you three reasons. Write them down in the margin there. First of all, looking to lust is a sin. According to Jesus, he called it a sin. Now, I'm not ready to argue with him, are you? Jesus called it a sin. 
Simply stated, Jesus said this, it is not okay to sexually desire someone who is not your spouse. I would encourage you to write that one down because that's what all of this boils down to. This is where the rubber meets the road. It is not okay to sexually desire someone who is not your spouse. That applies to those who are not married, singles. That applies to those who have been married in the past. That applies to every married man and woman here today. It's wrong to look. It's a sin to look. Here's the second reason. The more you open your heart to lust, the easier it gets. The more you open your heart to lust, the easier it gets. You get on this slippery slope and you start sliding downhill and it will wreck your life. And then here's the third reason. The harder, the more you look, the harder your heart will get. And you'll get to a place that's no big deal at all. It's just a part of your life. And I want to tell you, I've been doing this long enough to to say from personal experience, there is a huge number of marriages that are destroyed because of lust. And some of you are dealing with it right now. You're right in the middle of it. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. I want you to see the deception. The deception is this statement. God gave me these desires, so it must be okay. Can I tell you, that is one of the most stupid things I've ever heard in my life. Don't ever say that to me. That is stupid. That's absurd. And by the way, don't blame God for your sin. You see, you're, you're taking the, uh, sex, which is a beautiful thing that God gave us, and you're, you're twisting it, you're perverting it, and make it into, making it into something that it was never intended to be. When you do sex with your spouse the way God designed it and the way it's supposed to be, can I tell you, it's a beautiful thing. It's a lot of fun. Hey, I know what I'm talking about here. I've had a lot of experience, okay? We're celebrating 40 years in a month. We've been doing it a long time, if you know what I mean. Three, four times a week, times 52 weeks, times 40 years. Long time, yeah. It's a beautiful thing when you do it God's way. But when you don't do it God's way, listen to me, you screw it up really bad, your life and the life of other people. And this giant has you pinned to the ground, and you are a victim, and you can't whip him. Let me show you how. Jesus spoke to this in verse 29. Look at that. Stern words, a great warning. He said, if your right eye causes you to sin, speaking of lust, he's speaking of lust. If your right eye causes you to sin, to lust, he says, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it's more profitable for you, for one of your members to perish, than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Was Jesus literally saying that the best way to stop lusting is to pluck out your eye? Well, I don't think so. But what Jesus was saying, this is a serious issue. 
And he's teaching us that we need to cut out the source of lust. Remove the source of your lustful thoughts. And I'm going to show you how to do that in just a moment. But I want to talk to you about the hook. The hook part of the camo is this. The statement that says, no one will know or get hurt. No one will know or get hurt. Hey, do you seriously believe that? That nobody will know or get hurt? Let me just rip off five five places where people get hurt. First of all, you get hurt when you lust. It dehumanizes you and the one for whom you are lusting. Secondly, it hurts your wife or your husband, ladies, when you do this. Sir, when you do this, you degrade your husband when you lust after another woman. You are telling her that she is not the woman that you need her to be. And can I tell you, she's everything you need her to be if you approach her as a godly man. You hurt your kids. You're teaching your sons and daughters how to royally mess up their life for the next generation. We're going to talk about generational sin next week. You want to be here. You do not want to miss this because generational sin can stop with you, with your generation, if you'll be the man of God, the woman of God that God saved you to be and created you to be. It will also mess up your your finances. Divorce will keep you in poverty. That is not what God designed for you. That is not his best for you. Some of us here have been divorced once, twice, three or four times. It's not too late for you today. God's mercy and grace is unending. But when you do it God's way, you do not experience the huge cost of divorce. It will also mess up your relationships. You ever wondered why you really don't have many good, deep, strong relationships? Lust will mess up your ability as a man, as a woman, to have friends, to have relationships. Very simply, why? Because you're always thinking about sex. You look at my wife and you begin to lust. And I don't want you to do that. Verse 30, Jesus continues with his stern warning. He said, and if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it's more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for the whole body to be cast into hell. Jesus said, cut out the source. Now he's saying, stop doing those things. Avoid the actions in your life that leads to lust. And so right here I want to identify. And I want you to write this down. The biggest source of lustful thoughts. The greatest source of lustful thoughts there is in our world today is pornography. Write it down. Because this is truly the skin that this giant lives in. Pornography. I want you to listen to these alarming statistics. Among Christian men. This survey was done anonymously for Christian men. This is not those who are not Christ followers outside of the church. These are for men just like us here today. Christian men. In the age bracket of 18 to 30-year-olds, Christian men are 77% of them. 77% said they look at pornography at least monthly. 36%, over a third, said they look at pornography every day. And 44% 
said that they know they are addicted to pornography or they think they probably are. Some are certain. Some think I probably am. 44%. The giant of lust in the skin of pornography is kicking your tail, sir. And you know he is. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Here's the next age bracket, 31 to 49. No less disturbing. 77% said they look at it at work. 64%, a little bit down from 77, said they view it monthly. And 18% said that they are addicted to it. Now, they didn't show stats for those of us over 50, but we're in the mix. I can guarantee you that. We are not excluded. Alarming stats. Porn is a lie. It's a lie. Do you like to believe lies? You need to give up the porn. You need to stop doing it because it's wrecking your life and your family, your ability to have a, a, a good life on your own and, and the ability to have a good family. Maybe it's been in your life for a long time. Maybe you were introduced to it as a kid, but it needs to stop here today. This giant of lust wearing the skin of pornography has state-of-the-art weapons. Write that down. State-of-the-art of the art weapons. First one is technology. Technology. By the way, technology is the number one delivery system of porn over the Internet. Technology was supposed to improve our lives, wasn't it? I mean, when this thing really took off back in the 90s, we were told cell phones and, and the Internet would improve our lives. I want to tell you, it's destroying our lives. It's destroying the American family. It's destroying your life. He uses technology. He uses social media. Facebook. I hate Facebook. I don't do it. Hey, I, I don't want my face in anybody's book, you know? <laughs> you look at this face and you understand what I'm talking about, right? Facebook is the worst. I see young women dressed provocatively on there, not because I look at it, because occasionally my wife is on it, and she says, Fred, can you believe this? Look at this picture of our niece. You don't know her. She's out of state, so I'll use her as just one example, but there are many others that I have seen where we go nuts and we think it's cute to show it on Facebook. Can I tell you it's stupid? It's foolish. Don't do that. In fact, just cut off the old dadgum account. Be finished with it. Programming packages on your TV is another one. You buy this package and the, the porn is there in your package. Can I tell you, cut it out of your package. Get another package. If, they won't, if your provider won't do it, get another provider. If they won't do it, get the, put the locks on there, the adult locks. Protect your children from it. Protect yourself from it. Better yet, get rid of your TV if you can't control this thing. It also comes at us in our educational system. I, I'm alarmed. I, I'm just stunned at the unbiblical junk being taught to our children today on the issue of sex. Twisted things. You grow up to a certain age and now you decide what is your sex. No. 
God chose your sex for you. Before you were born, he created you male and female. And he said, I have a wonderful plan for your life if you'll live your life my way. Parents, you need to get involved in the educational system and let them hear from you. You need to know what your children are being taught. And then the fifth one is the depraved culture. We live in a, in a culture today that makes lust appear as normal. It is not normal. It is not the norm. It should not be a part of your everyday life. In fact, it's so important that it drew some of Jesus' strongest words of warning. I've done all that to say this, that this giant of lust must be slain. This giant must be slain. He must be taken out. Are you ready to take him out today? Let's take him out today. Let's slay this giant. Let's kill him. Let's eliminate him. He needs to be excised out of your life like cancer and thrown in the, the dump because that's where he belongs. Totally removed. I'm not, listen to me, I'm not talking about just reducing him to the closet of your life. Only making it a weekend thing, a once in a while thing. I'm talking about total elimination. We need to cut off the source of these lustful thoughts and take action to eliminate them. No matter the cost, whatever it costs you today, you've got to do it because it's cheaper than the heartbreak and the heartache and the cost of divorce that will follow you the rest of your life and your children and your children's children. So what is our battle plan? I preached the entire message to get to this point. Here it is. Don't miss these next, these next points. Write them down. If you haven't been writing yet, write this down because I want to send you out of here today with a battle plan for victory. Four steps you can take to overcome lust, to slay this giant, to remove it from your life. Here's the first one. Call lust what it is. Sin. Sin. It is wrong and it will hurt you and others. Call it what it is and then bring it into the light. It will thrive in the dark as long as you keep it hidden, as long as you don't tell anyone. It will thrive and control your life and ruin your life. So you must bring it into the light. And what am I saying here? I'm saying don't hide it anymore. Talk to somebody. And as soon as we conclude this service, we will have several men at the Next Step Center who you can talk to. And it will be confidential. But admit your problem. Talk to someone about it. And we'll give you some resources to help you begin to excise this giant of lust, to get it out of your life, to slay this dude, to throw him in the city dump where he belongs. Here's a third one. You must starve the giant. Starve the giant. Stop feeding your lust. Cut it off. It stops here, today, right now. As long as you feed it, this thing is like an, an indwelling parasite living in you and multiplying, and pretty soon it will kill you in a slow, painful death. Stop feeding the giant. Cut off the source. Whatever it takes, whatever you've got to do, reduce your life to a minimalist so that all of the other junk that causes you to lust has been removed. And when you do that, I promise God will bless you abundantly.
And here's the corollary to starve the giant, feed the Holy Spirit. Feed the Holy Spirit. If today you are a Christ follower, if you've come to a place that you've said, Lord, I'm a sinner, I'm, my life is a mess, and I, I believe, even though I don't understand it, that your son Jesus died and paid for my sin, and I invite you into my life. If you've come to that place where you've done that, the Bible says that a part of God called his spirit, his Holy Spirit, now resides inside of you. I, I can't explain that. But I know it's true because he lives in me. And because part of God lives in you, if you will feed that part of your life, the spiritual part of your life, God will give you the strength and the ability to slay this giant. How do you do that? You do that with every morning when you get up. Say, God, I invite you to sit behind the steering wheel of my life. Take control of my mind, my thoughts, my words. Give your life over and over, every day, every minute if you need to, to the Lord. Invite him to be in control, to sit in the control seat, to, to, to pilot your life. Secondly, begin megadosing, not on vitamins, but on the word of God. You see, it, what porn and lust has done to you has stained and branded your brain, your mind, your heart. But that can be cured, that can be replaced by megadosing on the Word of God, the Bible. Begin reading it, begin listening to it, begin dwelling on it and memorizing it and meditating on it. It will change your life. It will clean you up and set you free from the sin of lust. It must be removed from your life, and it will if you feed the Holy Spirit. Now let me bring it to a close, and to do this, I would ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I'm asking you to do this, not because we're going to do anything weird, but because I want to talk to you right now in a very personal way, as if I'm only speaking to you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you. If today you are a Christian, and that means a follower of Jesus Christ, you've asked Christ to come into your life and to give you a fresh start, then I want to tell you, you can have victory over the sin of lust. In fact, let me say it stronger. You must have victory over the sin of lust. You see, the Bible says in Romans chapter 6 that sin will have no dominion over you. In other words, sin, specifically today, the sin of lust, will not dominate you and control you, will not you will not be addicted to this sin. Sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law but under grace. So for every Christian here, you can be free today. And here's what that means. That means that God is a God of grace. He loves you just like you are. But his love and grace doesn't leave you like you are. He begins to change us. And his grace equals victory over the sin of lust in your life so that you are no longer held captive. And God can set you free today, this very instant. He is that powerful of a God and he is that good. 